everyone, and welcome back to another great episode of the Infinite Boost Podcast. I'm really excited to share this episode with you with Flow State. We had a really long, great conversation about a lot of different things that really have to do with the mentality and thought process behind sports and athletics and growth and and Rocket League, uh, but so much more than that. And before we get into it, I just want to tell you about a couple things. First off, I did open a Discord. I know that I put that out there a few times, but the little group that we have going so far is fantastic. Uh, We've had a few different events uh, in within the group playing Rocket League, uh, we've been sharing clips. We've just been having good conversations. I want to give a shout out to everybody that's joined there so far. It's been a lot of fun, and I really look forward to that group uh, growing more and more, and uh, just having more and more good opportunities to share it and some laughs and some clips and and some good games. It's a really good group, so I would just strongly encourage you to join that. And then also, I just want to give a shout out to one of the longest listeners that I know of. Uh, He's popped in my stream when uh, I've been streaming. He's been very interactive on Twitter, and he was one of the first to join Discord. Uh, He just hit GC this past week. Dot, congratulations on hitting GC for the first time. I'm really excited for you. Uh, that's, that's awesome. And I'm just so grateful for all of the interactions and time that you spent, uh, listening to the show and hanging out with everybody in the discord. Uh, appreciate you so much. Thanks for listening. Congratulations again. Uh, so with no further ado, I'm going to get into the episode with flow state, Nick from flow state. Uh, his name is Nick and he does flow state. His name is not flow state. Uh, but Really good dude, really enjoyed this conversation. I think you're going to be able to get a lot out of it. Uh, Definitely worth not just one listen, but maybe one or two. I certainly got a lot out of it as I listened back and edited. Uh, Hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you're doing well. Let me know what you think of the episode. You can find me at I Wanted Just Tom anywhere on social media. And of course, join the Discord. Let me know what you think there. That's all I'm going to talk about that. Roll the show. Nick, thank you so much for joining me on the Infinite Boost podcast today. Hey, Tom. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? Doing great. Well, I just, before we get started, want to thank you for taking some time out of your uh, busy schedule to join me. Uh, We were talking a little bit before we started recording, and it sounds like you have a decent amount of things on your plate. So taking a little chunk of time in the middle of the day to chat with me, uh, I would just like to uh, first say thank you for that. No, thank you. I, I, from what I'm seeing of the podcast and, and stuff that you're doing, it looks really cool. Happy to happy to give my input and chat and kind of see where you're at too. I'm curious uh, to learn a bit a little bit more about you as well. Ooh, well... That w- if, that if is intriguing. If that's okay to do on the podcast, nope. can I talk yeah, about you? Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's totally okay. Uh, I I certainly, I mean, when when people ask me questions, I get to learn a little bit about myself as well, and that's that's what this podcast is all about. And I think uh, being able to dig a little bit more into that in 2020 would be good. But let's Very get true. started. Uh, if you don't know, Nick is uh, the creator of Flow State. He has a YouTube channel. Uh, 
talks a lot about sports psychology stuff, and I will let him get into that a little bit more. Uh, but before we hop into that kind of stuff, Nick, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about uh, how you got into Rocket League, what your relationship with Rocket League looks like, what you spend your time doing, where you're at, uh, all that fun stuff, so we can build some context of where you're coming from. Sure. Um, I've been playing since season one, I believe, uh, pretty much right when the game came out. Um, and, uh, like everyone else just kind of fell in love with the uniqueness of it. I actually, um, I've been a gamer my whole life, uh, maybe probably 10, 15 years. Um, I started one of my main games was a game called Legions Overdrive, which is similar to some, have you heard of tribes before? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I played tribes too a decent amount. Yeah, so it's actually it's like a tribes spinoff with a little more freedom of movement. Um, I was like one of the best players in that game. Uh, that was my game. I played it for a long time until the company like went bankrupt and kind of really screwed everything up by not releasing the rights to the game. So like none of us could play it anymore. <laughs> they were like, if if we can't have it, no one could have it. Um, so there, there was a little bit of backlash, but the community kind of remade a, a similar game and. So it actually started as Fallen Empire Legions, and then the the company was called Instant Action. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm-mm. It was like a browser based. They had a bunch of really cool games, like like high quality games that you could play on your browser. That was their whole shtick, and it was cool, but it 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 didn't work out. Um, but anyways, um, so this this game tribes like uh, again Legions Overdrive. It the the movement was the big part of it. It's kind of like skiing in Counter-Strike. Is that what it's called? No. Surfing. Surfing in Counter-Strike, right? Do you know what that is? I don't, but I'm not um, a huge Counter-Strike. So there's this... There's I thought this, you were going to say bunny hopping, but then you didn't. It, so it's kind of like... But yeah, there's there's this mod kind of thing that's become its whole uh, a whole part of Counter-Strike, which is called surfing. And you're basically like going through... You could think of them as like workshop maps in Rocket League and you're just like surfing down different like it's really hard to describe, but you're like skiing or surfing down these these different obstacles and stuff. And it's difficult and it's kind of like fluid and fun and relaxing. Um, but anyways, uh, the the mechanic in Legions is called skiing. And the movement in that is very similar to Rocket League. It's it's just fluid and, and nice and you know, you're in the air a lot, you have jets and all that stuff. Um, so I think it it was a natural progression for me, Rocket League. It, it made sense for me to like this game. Um, huh. So that's kind of where Rocket League came in. That was quite a tangent. Was there rest? <laughs> was there more to that question? I forget. Well, we, we got there. Yeah, <laughs> especially considering it had your answer had very little to do with Rocket League. Yeah, that's totally fine though. But uh, tell me, and you also have a sports background. Like before we get into talking specifically about Rocket League and where mm-hmm. you're at there, you do have a a sports background. So being able, I would consider Rocket League the closest thing ever in a video game to being a sport. Yeah, so without being like NBA two K or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, that's, aside from that, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't count and those. Are, those are <laughs> sports games, but I wouldn't consider them sports because the the one to one interaction that you have with your car 
in Rocket League and the ball, like what you do is what happens. I would not consider that the same as playing FIFA or NBA or Madden or any of those things. And I don't care that I'm throwing shade on those games because I just think Rocket League is superior. But uh, like, yeah. does your your sports background, do you feel, bring you into Rocket League at all as well as, as it being an intriguing game for you? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I, I think that's a good point that you just made and it's not a way I've thought of it before. So good on you. I actually like that a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm not a big fan of those games either. I'm not going to knock them because video games are about having fun and, and whatnot. Totally. People enjoy doing that. Um, I don't like... I, I love the the amount of skill required in Rocket League <laughs> as much as that kind of throws shade at those games as well um, in, <laughs> in some regard. But I, I love how mechanically intensive it is. Um, yes. I, I don't get that same vibe from those games. I haven't played them much, but but that's kind of my, my perspective on that. Anyways, um, sports. Yes. So I, am, I played tennis. Uh, I actually started quite late. I started in um, high school, but I really fell in love with the sport. It was one of the first things that made me discover how driven I am when I like things. Um, and I started, I man, I went all out with tennis. Like I would get home from school, like, no homework. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I would go right to the courts and um, just practice uh, either by myself. I'd, I'd ask random strangers, which my mom loved that I was doing that. Um, I'd ask <laughs> random people <laughs> to play with me or uh, I just hit against the wall or practice serves. And um, I got pretty good, especially considering how late I started, um, you know, played on my high school team, um, played in college and started coaching and I've been coaching for about eight years now. Um, and I, I work outside of Boston and I, I, um, work with some pretty high level players. Now I, I run a tournament training program. Um, and I've, I've taught a lot of players that are some of the top ranks in new England. Um, and yeah, that's my sports background, but, uh, inter intertwined through all that has always been video games uh i really do see video games as a sport i think you're physically moving uh physically in the sense of like your arm is a physical entity <laughs> so you're physically mo moving and there's a ton of skill reflexes hand-eye coordination all that stuff um and it's super challenging and super fun uh and i've also met some of my closest friends um playing legions that i still play rocket league and and counter-strike and uh, league of legends sometimes to this day and nice. um yeah that's awesome okay let's get in let's get into the meat of what we're here for rocket sure. league uh so you started way back in season one uh give me a brief uh 45 minute overview of kind of your progression <laughs> through rocket league not actually 45 minutes but uh Kind of what what the adventure uh, like where you're at and kind of how you got in there and, uh, you know, peaks and valleys and things of that nature to to get you where you are today. Sure. Um, so I started I, I feel like I was around gold for a while back when the old ranking system was like gold rising star and like all that stuff. You remember that? Or were, oh, yeah. Did you play mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Um, 
So I remember I was always trying to get Rising Star. I, I think I got Rising Star, I don't know, maybe season three or four or something like that. Uh, I, I wasn't like naturally good at the game. I'm, And I will say in general, I'm not the kind of person who's naturally really good at things like right off the bat. Um, I I learn fast and well. I, I, I won't even say I'm a fast learner. I think I'm a very efficient learner. Um, so I do a good job getting to a high point in things. And that's the same thing with tennis. I mean, I, I wasn't necessarily like the fastest grower, but I got to a really high point because I just grinded and like I I was always focusing on different aspects of it. Um, but with Rocket League, it was the same way. I, 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 I just have a nice, steady, consistent growth. Um, my peak is champ three now. Uh, I really haven't even put that many hours into the game. Um, I'm probably, I'm somewhere between one and 2000. Um, All right. A lot of that is that I just the point in my life when Rocket League came out, I was in school, I was working full time, I was um, running this tournament training program, um, and and I had a few other projects on the side. So although I played Rocket League a lot, I didn't play a lot of Rocket League, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. (laughs) I mean, there are people that have been playing the game since it came out, Squishy, other pros, even, you know, some people that play casually that have five, six, 7,000 hours. So mm-hmm. a lot is relative. When you right. only have an hour or two free to yourself a day and you spend a half an hour playing, that's a lot to you. But then there are the people that play a lot that are at seven, eight, nine thousand 9,000 hours. So I, I 100% get what you're saying. I yeah. feel like I play the game a lot. Sometimes I tell myself that I play the game too much and then I look at my hours and I'm just about to cross over 3000 and there are people that have double the hours in the same amount of time. And I'm like, oh, wait, I don't play enough. So it, yeah. it's it really just depends on how you look at it. Yeah, I'm actually I'm, I'm going to look at my hours right now. So I know my hours are not even close to accurate because I literally leave my computer on 24 um, seven and half the time Rocket League is still launched. OK, so it's at twenty six hundred and okay. I've. I, I'm sure that half at least of that is not me playing the game. Is idle time. Uh, nice. Yeah. So I so purposefully pr- do not. Ne- I never leave Rocket League open for that purpose. Like I want to know exactly where I'm at. Which I, I wish that were the case because I would love. I would love to know that as well. Like that's. Uh, you have no idea how like annoyed I am that that stats like not real because I, I that's something i'd love to know as well especially this community is really like they're always about how many hours you've I, i've never played a game where people ask how many hours i have in the game as often as they do when i play rocket league uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing I, th- I think people are just looking to compare um how quickly they grew to how quickly you grew um, it's it's a way to look at progress and i i think that's interesting as well because uh, I'm based on, you know, just what you've said already, I'm guessing that the hours that you spent in the game and of course you're champ three. So you're, I, I don't, are you champ three like right now or would I'm you say champ you're consistently two, champ three? I'm, cha- I'm, I'm in between one and three. Um, I vary a lot because honestly, a big part of the game for me is just playing with my friends. Sure. Um, and in, in that regard, I try and I, I almost have to not care about my rank because there yep. are some times that I'm playing with people that are not as good. Um, my my focus, and I'm actually going to make a video on this, but um, my, my goal when playing with someone who's worse than me 
is to understand that no matter what who I'm playing with or, or what like um, way I'm playing the game, you are always improving when you're playing the game. I, I think people tend to think that playing with someone worse than them is going to make them worse. Uh, I don't think that's the case. I think you could play down to their level. Uh, and that's something that can happen uh, if you're not careful. But uh, it's something I'm very careful about. So I, I don't do that. Um, but can I yeah. can I add something to that? Sure. Go ahead. So I would just say that you are, I, I completely agree. And on top of that, you have to be extremely purposeful in making sure that you are always improving when you're playing. Right. No matter who you're playing with. I I agree. Um, I'll, I'll even devil's advocate both of us there and myself included, or I'll say there, there are some times where I think it's also important to just allow yourself to play and, and not care about improving. Um, not for the sake of improving, but for the sake of avoiding burnout. Um, another video topic I have, I have literally, if I go into my notes, I'm sure you have hundreds, 30, I'll say 30 to 50. Uh, but, um, just balancing high intensity and low intensity practice training, um, for the sake of reducing burnout and also for the sake of like, you, you just high intensity training loses it it loses its meaning if you're always practicing high intensity because you can't right like you can only practice high intensity in bursts like your your brain can't physically be at high intensity for three hours Um, define high intensity i'm saying high intensity where like everything's purposeful uh like you're you're trying to to let's let's say i'm practicing ceiling uh, shots and I'm, I'm really horrible at ceiling shots and there's a ton of blackout moments and stuff like that um, where where you're like hyper focused and hyper vigilant on exactly what you're trying to improve on um, that that would be hyper focus or, or high high intensity for me um, especially mechanical practice that's super high intensity if it's something that you're not mechanically like comfortable with yet does that make totally. sense? Totally. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it's it's just like anything. You only have capacity capacity to a certain amount, and eventually, like there is there is diminishing return. You can sit at a computer and work on something for seven eight, or eight hours, and you're not going to make as much progress in hour seven and eight as you did in one, two, and three. Like that's no matter who you are. That's just way humans work. And exactly. One person, you know, might be blessed that they can be productive for five or six hours. And then person B is only going to be able to be productive for, you know, two or three hours. And that's mm-hmm. that's just the way that it is. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I think so. The, the point uh, that I would get to in that video is that it's it's more about embracing that concept that you just brought up that you know there is a limit um and being purposeful with it and instead of just trying to push to that point of diminishing return and like pushing past it and stuff let's let's figure out what our capacity is and like break it up and and let's include 
high intensity and then and then balance it out with some low intensity like relaxing like maybe like workshop maps um just flying around or free play or something uh where you're still training your your muscle memory is being developed uh but you're not like super um conscious about it if that makes Mm -hmm. sense sure uh the other point there too is you have to learn how to relax in the game and stop thinking about things as much as you have to learn how to be really conscious and be really focused and think about things Um, because there's moments where you need both Um, you you need to be able to chill (laughs) especially in those high intensity moments well Uh, and i i so i guess i would like for you to expand on that and i guess there's a correlation of how can i say this there, there's a point where that high intensity work, and I guess for me, one thing that is a high intensity right now is I'm trying to play faster, but the faster is more effective of like getting to a good position faster and challenging mm-hmm. faster and, and being more in the action on a consistent basis. Uh, are you familiar with calculated GG? Ah, it sounds really familiar. I think someone just told me about it. Yeah, you should definitely check that out. Shout out to those guys, because especially from the coaching side of what you do with Flow State, I think this would be extremely valuable. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like it breaks down every single replay that you have and it gives you speed. Uh, The thing that I look at the most, right, and Ah. it, it does like turnovers, it does... Uh, how long you were close to the ball, how long you were the farthest away from the ball. It, it gives you all these amazing statistics. That's uh, awesome. One, yeah, it's it's a phenomenal website. I am happily a patron of Calculated GG. There's also ballchasing.com. I just choose to go to Calculated GG more often, but ballchasing.com is also an excellent resource. Uh, you know, pick either, whichever you would prefer. Um, so Calculated GG gives you like an average speed for the game. And one thing that I've noticed in my own game is that I spend an exorbitant amount of time at what they call a slow speed, which is uh, half or less than your full acceleration. So when you're holding acceleration all the way down, that's full acceleration. If you're half or below that, you're at a quote unquote slow speed. And I spend a lot of time in a game at slow speed. And I also spend not as much time as would be, uh, you know, considered a GC level uh, in supersonic. So I'm trying to work on uh, getting that more in line with what it should be. And at the same time, being aware of my teammates, being aware of my opponents, and then also just getting good touches on the ball consistently uh, and making Mm -hmm. sure that I'm taking possession. So for me, that is what I would consider something that is high intensity because I'm having to think about a lot of different things. I'm making myself uncomfortable in how I'm playing. Um, and so I have to think about the game a lot more on on those different aspects. But then somebody that is GC, 1600, 1700, would look at how I play and that is low intensity for them because that's just the way that they play now. Like that is their norm. Um so I think that high intensity, low intensity is interesting because you look at somebody like Forky and the things that he does with his car and the ball, he just does it for fun. Like they just come out of his hands. But for right. me, working on those things would be very high intensity. So the more you work on those high intensity things, they 
also come down the scale into low intensity things. So I, I think there's a nice uh, kind of transition and and progress that can come out of those thoughts as well. That was just yeah. a little tirade and I kind of stole the conversation from you. Uh, no. But I just got really excited about what you were saying. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. And it's it's important so so yes you're you're totally right that like the intensity is relative um what what i would say a good threshold is basically if it's something you don't feel like you're proficient if it's something that you can't do mindlessly then it's high intensity in that in my in my opinion um in in my definition of it anyway so yeah yeah you're you're right on the nose there and you're right as well that um I think practicing um, up, practicing high intensity stuff is one of the best ways to get consistent at low intensity things. Uh, because as it is relative, as low intensity is relative, if you get really good at your level, your current level of high intensity, uh, let's say on a scale of like one to squishy, like your high intensity is like a seven. Um, if you start practicing eights a lot, <laughs> this, is, this is getting really like uh, ethereal, but let's say my skill and I, I also have a video topic about how I think skill is not a, a number, but a spectrum. It, again, if we go with, can I go on this tangent? This might take like a couple minutes. That's fine. <laughs> sure. Yeah, do it. That's, uh, I mean, a podcast is just talking. We're here to talk. Cool. So, uh, talk away. So let's say, um, well, let's say Squishy's the the most mechanical player in the world, which I don't know. That's I don't I don't think that's true or anything, but I think it's just easy to use Squishy's name. I think he's amazing. Um, I'm not gonna say he's not the most mechanical player, but I won't say he is either. Um, so let's say he's he's a ten, right? Um, and my skill is uh, a four to a six. That's my that's my range. Like anything below a four. I am super comfortable with like, I won't miss that type of shot. Um, if it's a really easy shot, um, but anything a six or above, I'll have a lot of blackout moments. If I'm practicing that type of shot, um, go, go into, what do you mean by blackout? Uh, a blackout moment would be like, I like, I'll like totally screw up. Like if I'm practicing, practicing inverted aerials, um, like I'll turn my car around and I'll start to go one way and then I'll totally lose like where my, like the positioning of where my car is and I'll just fall over or something or I'll like lose control of my car. Okay. Um, it's have, just like, I don't know what to do here and you just kind of freeze. Yeah. 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 You freeze up and you pretty much, you lose it. Um, I, yeah. I think inverted aerials are the best ways to describe blackout moments because like if anyone who's ever practiced them, remembers that at one point you you your brain flips but sometimes it like flips back or something and you can't figure out which direction your car is in anymore uh and yep. you just lose control over the car uh that's what i would call a blackout moment okay um so anything above a six obviously like if i was trying like flip resets uh you know if i'm getting it one out of ten times then i would call those i would pretty much say that's a blackout moment uh, i don't think i'd even get it one out of ten times um uh, my mechanics are not that good. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'd say I'm a fast player and I position well, uh, but mechanics are something I've been working on a lot recently. Um, nice. So yeah, where was I trying to go with that tangent? Um, um, I was, oh, I was trying to go. Not completely sure. 
if you're so if you practice that top end um the bot so if i practice my so six is my top if i start practicing sevens and eights a lot of times the four which is my which is the lower end of my spectrum of skill will tr start to creep up with you um because sure. uh skill the skill spectrum is not often very wide um so I, th I think that's a really great way to work on the, the almost the easy shots is by working on really, really hard shots. Um, well, and I guess a way that I could correlate that and, and break it down a little bit differently is that when you're working on a flip reset, the intricacy that goes into lining up your car with the ball so that the you either knock your car into the ball or let the ball fall on your car, you're getting to know so many different things about car control, boost control, flying, how the how the ball flies, understanding how the ball works and bounces and floats around is so critical in this game. And I, I certainly took it for granted for a really long time that when it comes to something more simple, just lining up a shot on the ground, like you have a better understanding of how things work uh, and you, whether or not you even knew that you were working on that. Yeah, no, yeah, I, exactly. Um, I, yeah, I think you're indirectly working on a lot of other soft skills, um, by, by working on that. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. So the way that I look at what you were just talking about with high intensity and low intensity is almost, and I talked about this with turtle, um, on episode one, Isaac app the RLCS caster. Uh, and he was he was a pro player for a few seasons. And we talked about when he was on stage at LAN, uh, what kind of place he was in. And I asked him, you know, when you were in those games, were you thinking about it? Were you focused on not screwing up? Were you like, he, like, what kind of mental state were you in? And he said that, you know, he was he was very worried about screwing up. Um, and he was also thinking a lot about what was going on and what he, he was doing. And the first thing that came to me was, you know, just when you get to that point, you have to be willing to or able to, uh, you know, again, not to make a bad pun, but just allow yourself to go into the flow right? so that it's all subconscious. And I would relate subconscious to low intensity, just kind of allowing yourself to go with things. And then conscious is very, uh, when you're working on things consciously, like you were talking about is much more high intensity. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good way to correlate it. Um, and yeah, I, I agree more so. And also flow is not a bad pun there. It's literally, that's what flow state is, is being able to be in a state of like, um, do, do you, so that's, that's what the community, have you heard of flow state before? I'm, I'm familiar with the concept, but I guess if, you know, I haven't read any books or like dug really deep, but I certainly have a idea of, you know, getting into the flow and just kind of going with things. Uh, and I'm more than happy to let you expand if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, sure. I mean, that it's, it, it is, it is the, the, like, principle that I founded this whole thing on. So I'm happy to talk about it. Um, 
but so what you described with turtle what he was going through he was definitely pulling himself out of flow uh, he was not in flow because he was thinking way too much uh, and obviously like wh what we're trying to do with flow is just like develop this like state of consciousness where you just feel like um every every movement is flowing from one to the next with, without you even thinking about it um and it it feels great and i'm sure we've all been there in in some some form or another um but one of so so you said he was worried right yeah and and he talks about this in the episode mm -hmm. uh talking about almost whenever he would make a mistake I, I no, wish I could. I, no, I wish no. I could say exactly like I he know was, exactly he was worried about making mistakes and yeah. and screwing things up. And then when a mistake happened, he would he would feel like he would have to score a goal or get a save or something just to make up for that. So it was this <laughs> tit for tat thing that was going on in the game instead of just being in the game. Right. So so he's he was like he was on both sides of the spectrum of. Uh, one of, one of the most important things in flow state is that you're fully engaged in only the present moment, because that's, if you think about it, the present moment is the only thing you can control anyways. So it's really the only thing you should be focused on. Um, worry is a form of being, um, getting engaged in the future and, uh, regret, which it sounds like he was having almost both of is a form of like looking back in the past, both of which are, are stealing some of your like cognitive bandwidth, um, and sapping them into something that is, is completely irrelevant because the future is, you can't control the future. Uh, you can control how it unfolds by, by affecting the present moment, but you can't directly control the future in that way. Right. Um, and then obviously you can't control the past. Uh, so, so that's the whole concept of flow state is, is really, really being fully engaged in the present moment. Um, so by being worried and by regretting his past plays, he was pulling himself in, in outside of that present moment. And I would assume that he was starting to, um, not perform as well as he would like to in that regard. Is that, is that true? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I could, I, yeah. I'm sure that he would agree uh with that statement yeah and so, yeah. he even said uh i can't remember if i put this in the one or the new year episode or not one thing that he said was i wish that i had a psychologist or something that could talk through some of these things when he was actually playing professionally uh, because it you know it, all it takes sometimes is a, a little bit different way of looking at things and you can really make some big strides. Uh, you, the idea, again, of just being in the present moment, uh, mm -hmm. when you make a mistake, there's literally nothing you can do about that mistake. Uh, it, it is what it is, and it's gone. So spending time being upset about it or beating yourself up or whatever, it, it doesn't serve anybody, especially when you are in-game. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Um... So one thing that you mentioned a little bit earlier was burnout. So go into a little bit more for me about your thoughts about how what you were just talking about in terms of uh, looking at the future and also having, you know, regrets and things of that nature can lead players to burnout, especially in, in something like Rocket League. 
Yeah, I, I I think probably the number one cause of burnout in Rocket League is like rank obsession, because um, people see um, rank progression as the only type of progression, um, and they're blinded by that and don't they don't see any other type of progression and technically focusing on improving your rank is is not it's not ethereal like you can't improve your rank you can improve your mechanics which then will improve your rank but if people are only focused on their dog bar just kidding uh, <laughs> if people are only focused on their their like improving their rank it's not that loud by the way um, i'm totally messing with you um, it um, was almost inaudible. I don't know if you want to like, if you're concerned about that. But <laughs> uh, I mean, so I actually have two tracks. So whenever my dog barks, I can just edit it out. So it's it's not a problem at all. Oh, okay, um, okay. But now, since you said it in in the middle of something <laughs> great, I'm gonna have to leave this in there, and people are gonna see behind the scenes, like I'm good, some good. kind of silly, not professional podcaster, or just like. A really cool dude with dogs dude everyone likes I, dogs i am a cool dude with dogs and i do yeah. love my dogs but you know what else <laughs> i love more than my dogs yeah burnout talking about rocket league just kidding. <laughs> i mean that's not actually true anyways you were you were talking about uh rank yeah so so again being being focused on improving your rank is is not productive um so um, if you judge your performance on how your rank is or how high your rank is, then at least subconsciously, that's all you're going to be caring about. And then all, all the other things that actually improve your rank, which is working on mechanics, all that stuff, um, they kind of fall to the wayside. And then your rank doesn't improve. And then burnout happens because you're training, uh, but you're seeing no progress Um I think there's definitely other aspects to it, um, but I think that's probably the biggest one. It's well, just I, being, being obsessed. I like with rank. I like the way that you put it with rank obsession, uh, because I think there's also a point where, as as you're playing the game of Rocket League, you just naturally become better at things over time, mm -hmm. uh, especially when you're new to the game. So that progression happens naturally just by playing game after game after game so right people also get used to ranking up because they're just playing in it and it happens naturally and then of course everybody has uh, plateaus that they reach and if you reach a plateau but you're used to ranking up and now you're just playing the same uh you're playing the same because you've hit that plateau you're not gonna rank up and so that frustration can come in because you're used to something happening, but you're used to also not paying attention or really caring about practicing or watching replays or figuring out your mistakes. And so there's this conflict of like what you expect as opposed to what is actually happening, which can be very upsetting if you're not, if you don't understand what's actually going on. Yeah, I I think that's a really good way to put it. Um, I, I I couldn't agree more. Uh, you you kind of get like you get com comfortable with a certain level of progression, and when it doesn't happen anymore, you uh, don't know what to do. Yeah, and so this is something actually that you mentioned earlier is that most people have a range of skill, 
So again, on a scale of one to Justin, uh, just so we're yeah, mixing I, it up. Honestly, because- yeah, I think Justin's more mechanically like. Should I not say that? Do you are you like a? Do do we have like fanboys of different players? I have no idea. I'm. <laughs> I mean, look. I am a squishy <laughs> fanboy. I will. I will be the first one to say it. And I guess it depends on how you look at fanboy. Like, I guess when I was younger and you were a fanboy, like you would defend something uh, to the end of the earth. And I, by no means, would go that far with squishy. Do I think he's a phenomenal player? Of course. But I also think that Justin is an amazing player. I think that Garrett G is an amazing player. Uh, so I was only saying Justin just so we mixed it up a little bit. Uh, because oh, okay. I feel like there gotcha. are certainly other players that are phenomenal players. That being said, you know, I think Squishy uh, is a very mechanically gifted player. Uh, but, you know, there, there are lots of mechanically gifted players out there. So I was just throwing out another name for fun, not because I didn't want somebody to be upset that I didn't mention their favorite player or something. <laughs> I got you. Anyways, know. one, two, insert your favorite player here. Um, <laughs> very diplomatic yes <laughs> very so there there is a, a range of skill and that range of skill also correlates to a range in mmr especially when you are going through the process of ranking up and really learning the game and and getting more of the intricate things down uh there there are so many players you yourself included earlier in the podcast said that you range anywhere from C3 to C1. And of course you did mention that it's also because you play with friends and that's your focus. And you know, those friends that are maybe not as skilled as you uh, lead you to losing some games that you wouldn't normally lose if you were just solo queuing. Anyways, the point, the point being that somebody that is diamond three is not just a diamond three player on any given day. That diamond three player could easily go up to champ one if they were just making some different choices and then they wake up the next day and they're making uh, minutely different choices and then they go down to diamond two like it, it that could very very uh, easily happen and then going taking that back to rank obsession uh, if you have that range of skill as everybody does if you tell yourself that you're a champ one player uh, even though there's this range Every single time you go back to Diamond 3, which I've done plenty of times, um, I haven't done it in a long time, so I'm very happy about that. Um, and I'm, I'm going on this long tirade, and yet I'm still saying that I'm happy that I haven't gone back to Diamond 3. Anyways, like that, for somebody that doesn't understand that it ebbs and flows, that can add frustration on top of it. Yeah, um, I think you literally just logged on to my Evernote thing and read from my script of the Wait, skill as a spectrum video because that's who uses like, evernote in 2020 oh dude evernote's the best man uh, okay. <laughs> what do you that's use? a different podcast we need to <laughs> we need to talk um, that's all right so i have all my scripts for videos um skill as a spectrum is one of them um and that's yeah straight up i i made a video about that I, I didn't make a video about that specifically, oh, but idea. I have made a video about ranking up and discuss the idea a little bit about like, again, you're not a rank. You are a set of like you have a set of skills and you have a set of abilities and that translates into a rank, but you are not your rank. 
Mm-hmm. Like rank is not the goal. The goal is to be able to play the game more effectively, which translates into a rank, yeah. uh, which are two very different things. Your rank is is uh, a mathematician's best guess at like quantifying your skill. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> is a reflection is. of your skill. It is yeah. not your actual skill. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. Any any thing? I, I'm sorry. These things get me so excited. So I feel like <laughs> I'm not doing uh, as good of a job of just listening yeah, to suck, the things dude. that you have to say. But do you have <laughs> do you have anything else that? Uh, might be a good addition uh, to that thought process. No, you said it, man. That's that's uh, straight up like um, that's that's the core idea of of what that video topic or this topic that we're talking about. Uh, my perspective on it, um, I, I I couldn't agree more. I think you're right. Um, again, the skills a spectrum, the ranks a spectrum, and and it all all of it is then just. Um, I, again, if if your rank is just a hazy reflection of your skill, and your skill is a spectrum, then your rank has a lot of wiggle room, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Because you you could be playing on the low end of your skill, and then your rank could be reflecting in a low way as well does that make sense yeah sure. <laughs> so then you I... could be super low ranked and then uh, i think the same thing could be opposite honestly i don't think i'm champ three level i think i've gotten there from playing really well and then i think my rank was reflecting it highly at on that day uh and that <laughs> that's it or at, at that point um I, my mechanics are not at that level uh i'm champ well two is uh, better. that that is an excellent transition thank you so much for that uh yeah i wrote down mechanics. One thing that I would like to start asking here on the Infinite Boost podcast is what you're thinking about right now in your own game of Rocket League when you get on and you're thinking about playing or whatever you're logging on. Like, what are you thinking about when you're when you're about to get into the game? Um, like, like, what am I going to work on usually? Um and for me right now, I'm working on speed of play and recovery. So similar to what you're talking about with Calculated GG, I'm actually finishing up the video today on um, non-ball mechanics, how they relate to recovery a little bit. Uh, I'll do. I'm gonna do recovery again as its own vi- as its own follow-up video. So I'll I'll do another video again on on just recovery, especially like some drills and and. I actually, so flow state, I started off with um, creating like like weekly blog posts where I would put out um, a practice topic and then three drills to work on that topic. And one of those topics was recovery from a mental perspective, like um, forethought and um repositioning quicker and essentially it came down to not tunneling on the ball i think that's what um hinders people from recovering is they hit the ball and they're kind of tunneled on the ball which is a is a form of looking at the past essentially because you've once you've struck the ball you have no control over where the ball goes anymore Um, it's important to be mindful of where it's going um but what can you control at that point is like 
your movement and and your recovery. So so being able to task shift very quickly um, and leave things that are in the past in the past. Um, that's that's kind of the, the the concept of the follow up video on recovery, which will be like mental recovery um, and and how to like literally like improve speed of play um, just by getting into the right mindset. Um, so I think that because it sounds like you're working on recovery and speed of play as well, right? One hundred percent. I'm I'm definitely working on speed of play right now, and I think the biggest thing that goes into my speed of play thought process is again just the general awareness of what's going on on the field. I actually just put out a tweet about this last night, talking about supersonic and. It, it's almost like this super weapon that you have to use effectively. Uh, it's it's like that Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, if, if you use, or if you go into supersonic at the wrong time, you completely take yourself out of the play. But then at the same time, if you use supersonic effectively, to get yourself in the right position, you can get there faster, you can make more challenges, you can set yourself up for more shots, uh, and, and all of those things. So a, a very good knowledge of where to be at the right time is goes a long way with being able to play faster, because there are certainly people that could just zoom around the field, like you could just go supersonic the entire game and hit the ball and maybe score a couple goals. But you could still be in Diamond 3 because you can't really control yourself in Supersonic or you put yourself out of position a lot or you whiff the ball a lot because you can't control your car at that speed. So uh, I I am working on playing faster and I am also working on learning how to play faster effectively. Yeah, no, so I think that's an important it's it's a super important caveat to improving speed of play is making sure that you're not just moving faster for the sake of moving faster. Um I I think awareness is is the perfect like um thing to work on to make sure that you're in that uh mindset. Um really the 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 type of recovery stuff that I was talking about it it goes hand in hand with that. I mean, um, again, flow state, uh, one of the other pillars of flow state is um, having a broad awareness of all things rather than a hyper focus on any one thing. Um, so in in being in that state that we described where you're actually playing really well, a lot of times most people describe that they can kind of feel and see everything on the court really well, but no one thing stands out to them, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah. they're not staring at the ball. They're not like watching the defenders. They're not watching their teammates. They're, they just feel like they can see everything um, in a, in a nice, like fluid way. Um, awareness is one of the, I was actually just looking it up um, just a second ago. Awareness is one of the practice topics I, I did. Um, and it's it's essentially all about avoiding tunneling um, on mm-hmm. any one thing um, and being able to be more aware of the entire court. So I had I had three drills. Maybe I'll, I'll share those with you uh, sure. after or something. Yeah. And if, if <laughs> you have an article that you've written or something like that, I'd be more than happy to put it in the show notes to share with people as well. So actually, 
um, that it's not published. Um, I actually have 30 something of these practice topics and only like six of them are published because I started publishing them all. Uh, I started with all of them on Discord. So we went for about six months where I would post one every week, every Monday mm-hmm. on Discord. Um, and so we would get like, I, I think we ended up with 30, 30 something. It was more than six months. Um, and then I decided I would repost and post new ones onto the website. Um, and then like eight in, I decided it's just better to do them as videos. Uh, I think people like them as videos more and stuff like that. So I'm just remaking all of them as videos. So a lot of them are private just for me <laughs> and you <laughs> in a Got minute uh, nice. or later. <laughs> um, sure. But well, yeah, whenever, I- whatever comes out, I can always, the cool thing about this show that I really enjoy is that all of these podcasts are evergreen. You know, I feel like somebody could find this show two years from now and the content will still be extremely uh, relatable in one way or another. So mm-hmm. whenever you have anything that you think might be of benefit, I'm happy to throw a link onto the episode. So feel free to share that, uh, whether it be by the time this goes live or six months after that, uh, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be happy to put it on there. I mean, a video discussing awareness is definitely one that's that's high up on the list of, of one that I'm going to make. Um, I'll say that the next two that are coming out kind of indirectly relate to it, uh, especially not the one that's coming out tomorrow, but the, the follow up of that, which is like mental recovery, because um, mm. that really is um, just having proper awareness. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, YouTube.com slash flow state GG. That's everything's there so (laughs) nice we don't have to put one video up (laughs) it almost it almost makes me like when when you talk about awareness or people having that flow state being fully aware of just what is going on as opposed to each individual or you know being solely like you said tunneled on one thing the image that keeps on coming to mind is neo in the matrix at the end of the first one (laughs) when whatever happens and he just you know he comes back to life and then all he sees is the matrix uh i feel like that is that is flow state like yeah and being fully aware of everything in the game like you are just one with the game as opposed to thinking about each thing like right now it's almost like a checklist for me where's the ball where are my opponents where are my teammates where am i going to go next like it's this checklist and eventually mm-hmm. after i do that checklist enough then it just becomes second nature yeah good way to put it um checking each each aspect of it continue recheck each aspect um i'll notice too i think you'll get to a point as well where, where you'll notice that some things on the checklist you don't check as often um and you'll notice the other parts are almost uh, they become second nature. So I'm I'm at the point now where where my big my big checklist is where where's where's my teammate, um, or where's my opponent. Um, I can tell when I'm not paying attention to one aspect or the other, and then my checklist is I try to keep it to one question. Uh, but what's really cool about what you said um, is you're asking yourself a question, right? Like where is what? Like you're you're checking things off. Um, inquisitively as a question 
Um, and that's what I've found to be one of the best ways to get myself back into flow state is approaching things with curiosity rather than um, labeling or judging things. Like a, mm. a, a great example of that is like saying, oh, that was a really bad hit. Um, and so I, it, obviously that's, that's a problematic because it's, it's thinking about the past. So that's already an issue. Uh, but we're starting to label things in a way that doesn't work. Um, one of the best ways, uh, I was, I was just coaching someone talking about, um, missing easy shots. Um, and what I was talking about him in regards to, I was, horrible grammar uh <laughs> what i was saying to him was essentially instead of saying oh i i really hope i don't miss this or oh i really hope i get this in um we want to approach it inquisitively and just say let's see what i can do with this ball like i'm gonna try to get this in and let's just see let's let's see what i can do with it um and there, there's a lot more to it I, I won't get super in depth in that regard but but having that type of um outlook is really the high productive like mindset uh, that, that's where we see the most um high performance is is that kind of thing and i think justin's an awesome example of that because like i feel like every time you watch him play you can just imagine him saying let's see if i can hit this in my in his head <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like <laughs> let's see if i can do this and then like he does it and and it's very inquisitive it's very loose it's very um he, he doesn't have a lot of like standards for himself it's he plays not without like without fear yeah it's it's not like oh i really want to hit this or oh i really hope i don't miss this it's let's see if i can hit this and then <laughs> he hits it uh because that's all he's that's all he's focused on is just just being inquisitive being curious um so I, curiosity is is one of my favorite words in regards to like staying mindful um when you're when you're playing or performing hmm. So then take that to the next level because something that I see a lot in the Rocket League community, and I'm guilty of saying this every now and then, but when somebody's like, oh, I'm trash or I'm garbage or I'm a bad player, like I'm bad at the game, even if they're 16 or 1700, like, oh, I'm bad at the game. Like, how do you feel that affects a player or like how they approach the game? Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's not good, obviously. Um, what I try to do with a player like that is I say, well, what exactly are you bad at? Let's, let's quantify. Cause, cause you're not bad at the game. Like, what are you bad at? Okay. I'm bad at, um, I'm bad at like dribbling or like I'm bad at rotating. Um, or I, I hesitate a lot. So, so we really start to quantify what exactly are you bad at? Um, and then we might realize, oh, well, I'm, I'm actually kind of good at like my aerial control though. Um, so there's, there's one or two things that like you're good at as well. Um, and we can start to, I, I love doing SWOT analysis. Um, do you know what that is? It's, no. I think it's a business term. Uh, I think I've heard that before. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. Um, I do it with a lot of my tennis players. I think it's harder to do in Rocket League because opportunities and threats are all opponent side. Um, and in Rocket League, you have a different opponent every five minutes, um, so I think it's better to do at a high level in Rocket League, but essentially SWAT is figuring out what what are you doing really well, what are you not doing so well, what are your opponents doing really well, and what are they not doing so well, and then just developing a game plan from there. Mm -hmm. um, you can do that in the moment, like um, 
like today my strengths are this or like today I'm I'm having an off day on my like aerial control or you can do that as as a whole like in general like I need to work on my aerial control uh, but my positioning is really good um, and use that as a game plan for training but yeah so so in regards to that um, instead of with with players who are saying that I'm a bad player I, I really want to get down to the the meat of it and let's let's figure out exactly what you're bad at not it's not the game i'll tell you that <laughs> it's it's an aspect of the game and it may be a few aspects of the game it might be a lot of aspects of the game um and let's figure it out from there I'll, I'll, the the word bad is also some one i i don't allow them to use i say we need to work on it because everyone needs to work on it <laughs> so in yeah. that case then you're just as good as squishy because squishy also needs to work on it uh that makes you feel better <laughs> <laughs> right i mean he is a little bit better and there are certainly things that <laughs> yeah. can improve and that i yes. mean again that's the thing that i love about this game and what keeps me coming back especially since i've been taking the game more serious seriously since april may of last year is just the fact that i am on this path of improvement I can always improve. I'm not perfect. And and so it's I might have a bad night. I might go on a losing streak and I always have tomorrow. I always have replays as long as I uh, don't give up on learning and trying to be more effective. I will always have the opportunity to be more effective and and learn and get better. So there's there's not really any reason to quit until I just fully give up on the game. Right. Um, did you have you seen the off days video that I posted? Um, yeah, I know you mm -hmm. said you I'm, checked out. I somewhere. think I watched a few minutes of it. I don't. I I can't quote it or you know go into the specifics of it though. No, well, you should be able to. Come on, dude. I'm your guest. You should. I know. Have, like... I know. I know. <laughs> Sean <kidding>. Evans. <laughs> I will say that. Oh, I love Sean. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I, I think that goes hand in hand with with the concepts um, there. It, it, I I think you're you have a unique a unique point as well. So um, I don't think my video is exactly what we're talking about, but I, I definitely think it it goes hand in hand. It, it um, um, what's the word complements uh, what we're saying right now. But yeah, I agree. I, I think there's there's always more to work on. Uh, you have to understand that again there's there are ebbs and flows um embrace uh, so my my video is about embracing the ebbs is are the ebbs the down is that <laughs> i've never <laughs> i've never used just one of the words before i don't know i thought it i no ebb is an up and a flow is a down i couldn't even tell you <laughs> either way you have to um the peaks and the troughs yeah. Is that a better way? <laughs> you have to embrace the troughs because the troughs are a really good learning opportunity. Um, because uh, for for four reasons, which I go over in the updates video, <laughs> uh, but essentially, like you you can practice in a different way. Um, you have lower expectations for yourself, so you can play a little bit looser, um, etc. That's my first video, so I don't really remember the whole script. But yeah, that's that's kind of the. There's there's probably a better point in there that people can watch if they care. <laughs> Shoot, I had something something that Sorry. you were saying when you were talking about 
like bad or oh, just just like, the words that people use yeah. and the vocabulary yes. that we use i think is i think that's a, a a very interesting topic as well oh so one thing that i see on reddit a lot when people will post like a video of their first flip reset or their first ceiling shot or whatever i'm i'm gold too but i'm really proud of this shot and it's like a ceiling shot and then you know some champ too will comment I'm champ too. And I still haven't hit one of those, or I, I still can't hit those. Uh, I would always think that to myself, and this is kind of a little, a nice little breakthrough that I had very recently. And I, I still haven't practiced those shots a lot yet because I feel that I'm still working on getting, uh, the, the foundations and the basics down, especially, you know, at a, a faster pace that I'm trying to learn how to play. Uh, but, the one thing that I realized with myself was I, I was thinking that as well. And I thought to myself, well, yeah, I can't do that either. But then I took that to the next step. And I, I've been thinking a lot about language and how I talk to myself. I mean, that would be a good video or, you know, I could go on for two hours just about that on my own. Uh, I don't even need I, a guest for that. But I'll um, inter- interject for a sec. Self-talk yeah, is self-talk is huge in in sports psychology and stuff uh it's, yeah. it's definitely a, a big thing that i'll i'll talk about if i'm or or address if i'm doing a sports psychology session with with players or teams or something so yeah no no it's a it's really good that you're trying to identify it and work on it because it's yeah, important for sure but go on I'm yeah curious. so the one a couple a couple that i want to kind of like address right now is the first one was when you say that I can't do something that immediately eliminates any opportunity that you have in that moment or moving forward of being able to do that thing. So like I, oh, I'm champ too and I still can't do ceiling shots. So immediately you're telling yourself, I can't do ceiling shots. And you're just, you're permissioning yourself to not only not be able to do them, but just not practice them. Uh, so yeah. you're going to go into free play and you're going to think I can't do ceiling shots and I'm just, and and that's just the end of that conversation. You're, yeah. you're shooting yourself in the foot. I have a, I have a joke with, with some of my kids when they say I can't do something because can't for me, I, I call it a swear word. So I'm yeah. like, did you just swear at me <laughs> when they say I can't do something? I'm like, stop swearing. <laughs> there's people, there's children on the other court. You need to stop swearing. Um, but I, the, the word I, I encourage them to use is I'm struggling um, or I'm working on. Um, so like if, if they're like, oh, I can't hit a backhand today, you say, no, well, you're struggling to hit a backhand or even more specifically, I'm struggling to um, put enough topspin on my backhand to keep it inside the court or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, as I'm struggling is the term I like to use or I'm working on. Yeah, I like I like working on. Um, and we even talked a little bit earlier about, you know, the name and I, I've mentioned, I mentioned it in the previous show, kind of when I, uh, announced the change to infinite boost, but I, I don't like the name chasing, or I don't like the word chasing because it means you're behind, you know, you're running after something and you never really know if you're ever going to catch up. You never know if you're going to obtain it. So even like, and you know, we're human, right? 
we're not perfect and little things sneak in here or there. And you can, you, it, it really depends on the perspective that you have with certain words. Uh, even like struggle, you know, like there's mm-hmm. that when it comes to self-talk, there's that, uh, there's a connotation, kind, there's the connotation and emotion that comes along with it. Like mm-hmm. I really like I'm working on it or that's something that I have to figure out right now. Um, right. One thing, right. at least mechanically, that I'm working on, or or I can't say that I'm actively working on it because it's somewhere on my list and it's not my focus right now, is learning how to really control a flick when I am dribbling the ball, like getting the ball in the right place every single time so that I know that if I want to every single time or at least eight out of 10 times, I can do a musty flick, which you know, is probably one of the harder ones to do. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, nine out of 10 times, I can jump in the air, turn my car 180 degrees and do a backflip flick uh, into the upper 90 of the goal. Like I'm nowhere close to doing that. And part of me might at one point have thought that was just impossible. But watching Flakes do that time and time again clearly shows me that it's possible. And so I get to learn how to do that. So I'm working on it or I'm figuring out how to do that more effectively or more consistently. Um, right. So it's it's little things like that that are extremely powerful. Uh, sorry, I got super loud just there, but I... <laughs> no, it, it's just powerful. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very fluffy. Like it seems like a, a little bit BS. Uh, and fluffy. And... Part of it, I, I, I'm not one to promote fake it till you make it because there is a lot of like, I, I don't want anybody to fake things. Uh, mm-hmm. But in terms, unless you're putting a sick fake on somebody in Rocket League because <laughs> that always leads to nice clips. But in terms of just like, I don't want people to be fake. And at the same time, the language that you use with yourself is extremely powerful. Like, Again, you're not just going to be able to say, I'm a master of, uh, you know, mussy flex. And then all of a sudden you are. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. But when you tell yourself that I practice mussy flex to get better at them on a consistent basis, then you're setting your, you're putting yourself in the mindset that you practice these to master them as opposed to, I can't do mussy flex. Well, yeah, when you have that attitude, of course you can't do them and you're not going to get better at them because you're just telling yourself that you can't do them. There's a huge difference. Yeah. So I, I think that's interesting because it, it almost, um, you kind of getting to the point where like in regards to talking about how you are at something or, or what you're currently doing, it, it really is best to be factual. Um, in some regards, um, factual, but, um, what's the word? Um, optimistic. Um, yeah. so I, cause I think you can be wrong on both spectrums by saying, Oh, I can't do this or, Oh, I suck at this. Or like you said, faking it and being like, Oh, I'm awesome at this. Both of which are, are not productive. Um, so finding that middle ground, like you said, where we're saying I'm working on this, that's true. And it's optimistic. It means that there's, there's room to grow and like, all that good fluffy stuff, like you right. said. Um, yeah. 
I think synthesizing synthesizing that down, I think that's an extremely good point and a good thing to say is is you have you have two choices in life. You can be an optimistic person or you can be a pessimistic person. And based on my life experience, it's always a lot more fun and it feels good to be optimistic. But somebody that I and I, I'm curious if you're familiar with him, Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm-hmm. One thing that he says is that optimism is good and don't let it get into the realm of, I'm not going to be able to think of the word. Um, Wait, is the word delusion? Delusional. Thank you. Yeah, delusion. Yeah, That's exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I wanted to say. Like, so I I, it was on the tip of my tongue. I had yeah, to cut you off. <laughs> that's it. No, it's perfectly fine. I, I'm glad that you did. Uh, because it's good to be optimistic. And a perfect example is like, I'm going to, oh, okay, Tom, I'm going to think positive and say that I'm going to get GC next week. And I just bought the game. Like I'm, yeah. I'm gold two right now. And I have 300 hours. I'm going to get GC next week because I'm optimistic. Well, cool. Be optimistic and don't take that to the extreme of being delusional mm-hmm. because it, it takes time and it takes effort. And I don't, I don't want to like kick somebody down to the ground and understand like what it, what kind of work it takes to actually get the goals that you want to get and understand that those also take work. Like it's, it's good to be optimistic And there's also a work component that comes along with being optimistic and getting the things that you say that you want. Uh, I I do not promote saying, oh, I'm going to get GC. I'm going to get GC and just keep on doing the same things that you've been doing and expecting that you'll get GC just because you're thinking positively. There is a work aspect uh, that goes along with it. And again, that goes back to what you were saying. Like there is an optimism and a positive side of saying I'm working towards this as opposed to like, I just get this. That's where the difference between optimism and delusion comes in. Thank you so much for thinking of that word. I was not (laughs) going to get there. So there's a book I read. I believe this came from, I've read a lot of books. Um, I believe it came from Pressure Principles, but it could have been a different one. Um, the He talks about self-talk um, and in in like constructing good self-talk. Oh, I don't even think that's the right book. I think it was, I don't know. I'll have to figure out what book this was from. But either way, um, in, in constructing good self-talk, it's important to address the challenges as well. So like saying by saying, Oh, um, I'm going to get, or I'm, I'm going to work really hard to get GC, but it's not going to be easy. Or like, like, um, there's, there's going to be a lot of struggle to get to GC, but I'm going to keep grinding. Um, that's a really productive self-talk because then when you hit the struggles, you're like, Oh, well, I already knew that this was going to happen. Uh, and I already planned for it. So like, it, it's not a surprise to you. Um, and then when things are easy, then it just feels great. Um, but, but the, the delusion in that regard of, of not addressing that, that it's going to be difficult, um, really sets you up for failure in that regard. Um, Mm, that's a, that's, it's an interesting point. And yeah, that's, that's really interesting because I, I would never personally choose to like put the word 
struggle on myself and yet kind of setting myself up thinking about struggle in a positive way. Like this is going to be hard and that's okay. Right. Embrace. Yeah. You, you're it's, I think embracing it is the best word to yeah. put it. Um, because you are going to have down times. So yeah. preparing yourself to be, to uh, take those head on and know that it's just a part of the journey as opposed to like, oh, this is going to be rainbows and butterflies all the way through. <laughs> like, that's just not the way that it works. Right. Um, and that's why I, I know you said you're not a, uh, you, the, the way you word it is not necessarily the way I word it. Uh, but I think that's why I like the word struggle is because I actually have a positive connotation of it. And that's that's different for everyone. Um, but I see str- like struggle rap was like when I was in high school, that struggle rap was like my my ish, dude. I love that. Um, <laughs> but like struggle, I see struggle as like, grind i see struggle not as like oh this is difficult for me but like this is hard and i'm loving the grind like that's struggle to me um so it it it, that's why i again words are different for everyone uh, sure and um definitely no i i really appreciate this or or what what you're saying yeah that and it all goes into perspective and and how you look Mm -hmm. at things one last thing that i want to ask you about and that i kind of had a had a revelation about uh, a little while ago. <clears throat> I'm curious to know your thoughts on. So, uh, do you do you watch a lot of competitive Rocket League? Like, do you watch the Dream Hacks or uh, RLCS things of that yeah, nature? Yeah, I went to I went to New Jersey. Um, oh, this, nice! Last year, uh, that was awesome. That was the first live one I've been to. Um, I've been watching more of it recently. I won't say I watch a ton, but I've been trying to watch a lot more. Um, so I've I've always been a pretty big fan of the peeps, like as they were coming up through RLRS, and then, uh, like seeing seeing them on Twitter and how they interact with people, and then also uh, when they won DreamHack Montreal, I think it was, uh, when when the peeps at the time, now the knights, beat uh, Vitality, I think it was Reddles got up onto the desk and was like pumping his fists and you know like celebrating (laughs) and stuff and i was that really got to me like that that really bothered me um in the way that and i i'm i'm saying this now because i've like worked through it mentally and emotionally and i'm not like i'm not trying to hate on him and i would actually love to have rettles on the show to talk to him about it because i think uh, he's a very fascinating character, um, but his confidence uh, and kind of his bravado really aggravated me. Um, hmm. It really rubbed me the wrong way. And the more that I thought about that, I kind of, I kind of realized that part of it was because I myself uh, lacked that confidence and bravado that he has like that is not my character and and who i am as a person and so seeing him uh so kind of brazenly do that uh was it really aggravated me um and then i started thinking about like why why is he so confident like what does he have or who does he think he is that he's so confident like that and and carries himself that way and 
it I came to the idea that he he is that way just because he chooses to be be that way. Like he chooses to believe in himself and have that confidence in himself. And I believe that that is what's led him to be as successful as he is in the game because he he went down the same journey that all of us are going through. You know, he had his struggles, he had his failures, he had his ups, he had his downs, uh, and yet he still got to that point. And that I feel that that confidence is what carried him through to that. So as somebody that works with kids that age on a consistent basis – you know, do you ever have conversations about confidence or how do you look at something like confidence and how it shows up in uh, play style and people's personalities and how they play? Or is it something that can be gained? And and how do you talk with people about something like that? Yeah, no, that's oh, that's a big topic. Um, I I personally, I would say you and I are maybe pretty similar in that regard. Um, the way I described it is I wasn't very competitive to start. I had to teach myself to be really competitive uh, with tennis. Um, I had mm. to, I, I was a very mechanically good player uh, because that's kind of how I learned uh, the first two, three years. I was just playing with my friends and, and just developing the mechanics. Uh, but when I started playing matches, I would like break down because um, I, I, I didn't know the mentality. I, I didn't have the confidence. I didn't understand the mechanic, uh, the, the mental side of things. Um, I have some player. Um, I have a player right now who's nine. Um, really good mechanical player, but I like, can't win. Um, and he's very above like most of his age group in like how he can hit the ball, how he plays. Um, but he's literally the sweetest kid, like so nice. Like he'll like, if someone hits a good shot, like he's so excited for them. Like it's, it's like that kind of thing. Um, so it's almost a, it's a different side. It's hard cause he's younger, but, um, like I, I almost, <laughs> I've never really done this with him, but with anyone, but I, I almost tell him that I want him to be upset when someone hits a good shot. Not that it's against them, but I want him to be upset that he lost that point. Uh, I think he, it's, it's okay for him to understand and, and, you know, give him a racket clap or whatever when they hit a good shot. But I, th I think they have to understand, uh, or he has to understand that, you know, um, that should be um, okay. They just beat me, and now I really want to beat them in this next point. Um, I would say that's kind of the confidence I get, where like every loss is is um, almost. A, some people do well with with a type of like almost anger, um, and that might be where was it Reckles? Reddles R E T A L S Reddles. Reddles. Okay, I, I get confused with Reckless. Is that the uh, league? I used to follow League of Legends so much. Um, but anyways, um, so that might be where he gets that like confidence from. Is like every time he loses, like there's so much like energy in him. Like I bet he gets really angry at losses. Um, he seems like an emotional person based on what you described. Yeah, uh, and that's not a bad thing, uh, it, it, especially if you can like channel it properly. 
Um, the big thing about mindfulness and, and sport and the, the, the type of sports psychology I like to get into is that it's not about controlling your emotions. Um, it's about embracing them. And um, that's that's kind of how you end up controlling them is is more that you just don't let them control you. Um, so you allow yourself to have whatever natural emotions you tend to have um, and you refocus anyways. Um, so you learn how to redirect your attention rather than because in trying to control an emotion, you give it attention, if that makes sense. Um, and mm-hmm. so you in that way, you lose even more control of it because now you're allowing it to have your attention. And in that regard, it's almost controlling you. Um that's the super tangential. I'm definitely going off a bit. Uh, no, that's bars. totally fine. <laughs> uh, dropping some bars here, but uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. So, so back to confidence. Um, I have a. There's a player who's top twenty in New England right now for like the 14s that we work with, uh, and he's such a shy kid, and it's very weird. Uh, it's it's strange. You don't often have players that high ranked with that type of personality, um, mm-hmm. but he he handles it well, and um, it's it's interesting uh, because he definitely still he gets nervous a lot. Um, confidence is something we have to work on with him, um, but he really wants to win, and he he focuses well. Um, yeah, yeah. It's I, it's hard hard to describe, but <laughs> I feel like it's 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 almost just like a practice, just like anything else, you know. Right. Like it's intangible. Which I'm I'm making a very quick read on this kid, but I I could certainly see how people of a certain personality type that are very analytical, if they get the right connection to a sport, could become very good very quickly because they can break down you know i do this when this happens and i do this when this happens and and tennis you know is a very intricate sport uh so i'm sure you know if somebody puts in enough time and effort and practice could get very good but then Mm -hmm. people that are more on the analytical side can also lack in confidence uh yeah, because you're overthinking be everything, <laughs> overthinking everything. And, you know, they don't want to let people down um, and and <clears throat> different things of that nature. Uh, and something like confidence or interaction is a little bit more uh, abstract. And so it doesn't come as naturally. Uh, but when you kind of correlate it into something that is just a practice, like just like anything else, you know, a conversation with another human being or uh, any, any interaction or human type thing. It's just something that you get to practice like anything else. Like you go up to a random stranger and try starting a conversation. Uh, you suck at it or it's really awkward. Well, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. How can I do it a little bit differently the next time that might work a little bit better? Or I'm feeling very unconfident in myself you know, what is leading me to feel very, uh, or lack confidence? Well, maybe I can try this instead and that could lead to something a little bit better and you just get better and better and better over time. Uh, just like flip resets or ceiling <laughs> shots or things of that nature. 
Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I think it's a trained behavior. Uh, I think everyone is on one side of the spectrum. Um, for some players, we have to work on being more conscious and analytical. And for some, we have to learn to chill <laughs> Amen. and allow, yeah. Yeah, allow <laughs> yeah. things to happen. Yeah. Um, I think people who create content like this, like yourself and myself, tend to be the ones that are usually the ones that need to chill uh, when they're playing the game. Like, I feel like I, I'm making a big leap here, but I assume that you're probably over analytical a lot of times uh, I, to, I to your detriment. Be, yes. Yeah. Um, Which I feel so, is what leads me to playing slower. Yeah. You get in your own head. Exactly. Yeah. You mm -hmm. start to hesitate. That's a big part of hesitation is uh, analysis of things. Yeah. Um, big tip Definitely. I'll give in that regard um, is allowing yourself to realize that when you make a decision, uh, you will learn from that decision. So it doesn't have to be a right or a wrong decision. Just allow yourself to make a decision, go with what feels right, and you will learn from that decision. Uh, analyzing it won't help the learning process more or less. Um, analyzing after the fact can help sometimes, but yeah, in the moment, it doesn't help the, right. the learning process. Your brain, Your brain figures things out whether you think about it or not. Amen. Well... <laughs> Uh, I think that yeah, this is a, a really good time to start winding down the show. Uh, we have been going for a good, uh, almost hour and a half, uh, just kind of zoomed by, which is awesome. Uh, before we close, I will certainly say that, uh, I had a lot of fun and I appreciate again, you taking the time to come and chat with me. I think that, People are, are really going to like this one. I think this was a really good conversation. We didn't hardly at all talk about Rocket League, and yet we were talking about Rocket League the entire time. <laughs> so I hope uh, the listeners out there are able to get a lot of good stuff out of this one. So thank you for that. But uh, per usual in the Infinite Boost podcast uh, playlist, we have a few uh, things to do before we can officially call this over. Uh, and the first one of those is if you have any uh, final thoughts for the listeners of the podcast. Um, no, I mean, keep keep chasing GC. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I, I like the I like the shift. Um, I think there's there's a lot of thought behind it, too. So I, I appreciate that. Now, the next part, uh, this is where you get to tell everybody, uh, and I'm sure people will want to follow you and things of that nature because this episode has been so fantastic. So where can people <laughs> find you out on the internet? What would you like people to check out? Um, flowstate.gg is the website, and then flowstategg is everything else. So twitter.com slash flowstategg. Uh, Instagram slash flowstategg and YouTube, which is the big one. Uh, Spirit fingers, you can't see this is a podcast, but <laughs> uh, the big one's YouTube uh, flowstategg. Um, that's really my main focus. Uh, the website is a way for uh, players to get involved with trying to find teammates. That I, I do my best to to match people up um, on a team where everyone is kind of at the same point in regards to skill and um, goals and play style and stuff like that. Um, 
and then the the YouTube channel is is tips to improve and from a from a I think a, a different perspective than what's out there. Uh, so yeah, that's me. Nice. Smile. And <laughs> then last but not least, uh, I give all of my guests an opportunity to ask a question of the community. Uh, so what if you could ask a few hundred people a question about Rocket League or life or whatever, uh, what what would that question be that you would like to throw out to everybody? How about Rocket League and life? Um, sure. What, what value does Rocket League bring to you as a person? Wow. Let's go with that. Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> that is a good one. Um, what would your answer be? Um, it's a way for me to chase <laughs> perfection or um, it's it's a way for me to grow. Um, I think competition. Oh, but if I if I give my answer, everyone's just going to be like, oh, yeah, we agree with his answer, but I'll just do it anyways. Nobody um, has ever done that. <laughs> all right. Competition is I see it as a way to grow as a person um, for a plethora of reasons, but you can learn so much about yourself. Um, I think Rocket League is a competition. Um, I, there's there's so many ugly parts of it and so many beautiful parts of it. Um, and I try to embrace both of them. Um, but it, it gives me a, I think in, in some regards, it's artistic. It gives me a, an and a canvas to express uh, myself and my competition or my competitiveness and um, my frustration and my like excitement and all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's my answer. <laughs> Is that good? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, it's your answer. I I'm happy with whatever you said. Not to, that sounds like I wasn't listening. I was listening. Um, but yeah, of course it's a good answer. And I would certainly agree with you. Um, I have, especially over the past, uh, eight months since I've really been working on taking the content more seriously and rocket league as a whole more seriously, there have been so many times that I would have a bad play session, uh, or, you know, try and practice and not really get anywhere that I just felt like giving up and get really frustrated and ask myself, you know, what's the point of this? Why am I even doing this? And I would always be able to uh, kind of talk myself through it and work through those things. So it's, it's been such a good emotional and mental exercise. Uh, I've learned a lot about myself uh, through, through doing all of this. Uh, so backwards, you know, besides the game just being an amazing game and really fun to play and very engaging and exciting to watch at the same time, uh, you know, I've, I really built a lot of character and, and mental fortitude through, through playing it. So, uh, I really appreciate what this game has, has given me or what I've been able to create through this game. Mm -hmm. Well then, uh, this just went on and on. And I, I mean, I'm sure if we wanted to, we could keep going and I'm sure, uh, I don't want people to be listening to this episode of the podcast until the next one comes out. 
and neither of us have that kind of time. Uh, so again, Nick, I will say thank you so much for joining me. I can't remember who suggested you come on the show, uh, but whoever that was, I should go back through my Twitter and just say thank you so much for the recommendation. Thank you uh, for the willingness to accept my DM and come on the show. This has been a lot of fun. I will certainly look forward to uh, having you come on again in the future, and maybe we can uh, dig in a little bit more to our personal Rocket League games next time as opposed to talking about this fluffy mental nonsense, which isn't actually nonsense, um, <laughs> in the next time around. But yes, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, this podcast is officially over. Yeah.